Welcome to Emergo Radio, a place where a brain-first lifestyle matters, a place of impact and inspiration, a place where your hosts, Dave Kenny and Susan Kenny, coach you to rise above. Hi, friends, and welcome to Emergo Radio. My name is Dave Kenny. Emergo Radio is a place where we explore how a brain-first approach to health, recovery, and well-being is a proven game changer, because if you change your brain, you change your life. I'm excited to have you join me today, and so now, let's rise above. Today, I'm really pumped because I get to interview and, and hang out with one of my good friends and mentor, Coach Dave Buck. And Coach Dave Buck is an MBA Master Certified Coach and the CEO of Coachville. By the way, great website. Got to go and check it out. The original global online community for coaches with over 36,000 members in over 70 countries. Coach Dave is a leading visionary voice of professional coaching. He collaborated with Thomas Leonard, the founding father of professional life business coaching to found Coachville way back in 2000. Way back. <laughs> and Dave, you're also the founding member of the tra- a founding member of the Transformational Leadership Council with guys like Jack Canfield and other luminaries of human potential movement like Stephen Covey, John Gray, Marion Williamson and so many more. And in 2008, this is pretty cool. In 2008, a global survey of 10,000 professional coaches named Dave, the seventh most influential person in the history of professional coaching. Coach Dave, you got a lot to live up to here today. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to play big and go all in. Let's do it. I like playing big. So before we dive into coaching and understanding what that is and, and learning from you, yeah, how did you end up in this career? <laughs> That's a long story. I don't know if we have time for it right now, but I'll give you a couple of the highlights. The turning point of the story was in my 20s, I started a computer software company and I was doing great. But by the late 20s, I wasn't doing so great. I actually, my company went bust and a sequence of events had me end up living in my car. Okay. I was living in my Honda Accord, (laughs) but I had been doing all these personal growth programs. It was kind of a weird thing. I was growing personally, but my business was tanking. So from a metaphysical level, it was just the idea that the business I was in was not what my soul really wanted to do. But in any event, I end up living in my car. So because I was living in my car and I had no money, I wanted to do these different personal growth programs. So I was doing the programs in particular at Landmark Education. So what you could do is you could be a coach in the program and do the program for free. So it's like, awesome, all in, I'll coach it. That way I don't have to pay because I had already done all the programs paid for many times over. So I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm going to coach. So I was coaching a lot within that environment. And then uh, and that a few years later, when professional coaching, life coaching became a thing, I was primed and ready to go. I had all these years of really deep personal growth. I had been doing coaching within that environment, which was like the first time, first place life coaching was really becoming a thing. And it was, and it's sort of uh, interesting. The landmark education was started by Werner Erhard, and he was the head of it and the one who really introduced coaching in that forum. Meanwhile, his accountant on staff was Thomas Leonard. 
Thomas Leonard was hanging around when these guys were talking about transformation and coaching. Thomas Leonard is the one who got the idea, hey, this could be a profession. This isn't just like a thing we can do. Like we can make a business out of this. So Thomas Leonard is the one who, who came up with the idea of professional life coaching. And through this crazy sequence of events, I ended up becoming best friends with Thomas Leonard. And that's, and we started Coachville together. So basically I became a life coach through a personal transformational experience of living in my car. That's basically how it all went down. Isn't that amazing? Because nobody would have, I would never have believed I'd be working in the world of recovery and neuroscience. And it's and it's a function of what happens in our life. Correct. And following what I believe to be a destiny. That's a, that's a powerful, great story because it's important because you were there at, at the beginning when the roots were sown yes. about professional coaching. So, all right. What the hell is this? Because we all hear about yeah, it. No. <laughs> what, exp, explain what coaching is. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Dave. And, I, and you and I have had many conversations about this, and I know you're a hockey guy, which I love. Um, so coaching, the, the idea of life coaching comes from three origins, athletic coaching, performance art coaching, and personal transformation, like personal growth, the human potential movement. And so you, you take these three amazing things that were happening and you mash them together and you get life coaching. Okay, so that's the big idea. Now, what happened though is life coaching, when we first started this idea, it was all about play. Like, hey, we're going to play life. We're going to play big. We're going to create transformation. We're going to do big things. And that is what life coaching truly is. Life coaching is play life better. Just like soccer coaching is play soccer better or piano coaching is play piano better. Life coaching is play life better. Now, that brings up two big questions. The first big question is how do you play life? because it doesn't seem like play most of the time for most people. So that's one thing. And uh, alongside of that, a lot of people from the therapeutic, psychological realm said, hey, this life coaching thing looks like a lot of fun, way more fun than what I'm doing as a, as a therapist or what have you. So a lot of they brought a lot of their mentality into life coaching. So over the course of the last 15, 20 years, while life coaching started with great intentions of playing life better, it sort of has devolved into, well, let's just talk about your problems in a positive way. All right. So, and I do not believe that's what life coaching that, is. Life coaching is not, work, hey, let's talk about your problems. Let's give you some solutions. This is not what life coaching is. Like, so uh, what my mission right now in life, my big mission is to really bring back to life the origins of life coaching, which is let's play life better. Let's play life better. And as a coach, I what I say now to people just to really distinguish this is a life coach, what we do is we play together to play better. Because if you think about, I always use this example like a tennis coach. If you think of a tennis coach, what do they do? Well, they go out on the court with their player or client, and they hit the ball back and forth. And so they're playing with them 
to help them play better. And they use their skill to vary up the challenges and the kind of shots they're going to want the other person to learn how to do. So they use their skill to create just the right level of challenge for their player to help them keep rising up and learning the skills and playing better. So a life coach does the same exact thing. We have to learn as life coaches, what we do is we engage in playing life with our clients and give them just the right amount of challenge so they can keep building their confidence. So you might think, well, still, Dave, I don't know. How do you play life? It's actually pretty simple. The way human beings play life is by creating conversations, talking, relating. So it's relating and creating. That's what. That's how we play life. We relate and we create and share what we create. So as a life coach, what I do is when I'm coaching someone now, whatever they want to do, it's like, okay, well, who do you need to talk to? What do you want to talk to them about? What do you need to ask for? What do you need to share? And then I role play with them, the conversation. We role play conversations and I play whatever role I need to for my player to practice. So if they need to talk to their boss because they got to ask for a raise, I'll say, okay, I'm your boss. Come in and ask for the raise. Or I need to talk to my spouse. They're not helping out doing something. Great. I'm your spouse. Let's talk. I need to talk to a potential client at a networking event. Great. I'm the potential client. Come and talk to me. And so as they are, as I'm relating with them, I'm observing them, and then I can give them feedback and help them play better and better. Because ultimately, in life, if you want to do big things, you've got to talk to people. And if you talk to people better and better and better, the thing you want to do is going to happen. What, what you're talking about, though, is observing and feedback. Correct. That's what all, all professional coaches, Olympic coaches, they observe somebody in a golf swing, a tennis swing, a, golf, a, a, a baseball swing, provide feedback, and then they allow that person to do it. And, and, and Correct. the coaching that we use at Emergo Recovery, that's, what that, that's the power of it, is the belief, and I learned this from you as well, that the belief that that person has the answer within but they're struggling to find that. And so the coaching, talk to me though about, you talked about role playing and modeling. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the power of the question. Yeah, well, the idea is, so first off, just going back to this idea of coaching, ultimately coaching, the act of coaching is observation and conversation. Okay, observation, conversation. So you have to observe someone in order to coach them. You don't just talk about stuff. You have to create a situation where you can observe them and then talk with them about what you see. They may not have the answer inside of them. They may need some input from you, but they also, but they may have an answer, but no one really asked them the right question, right? So it is a combination of both. It's not that the client has to have all their own answers, but it's also not that the coach has to give answers because life is not about answers. Life is about creating. <laughs> life is about playing. So when you role play with someone and you observe them, then you can ask a great question like, oh, how did it feel when you said that part? Or you can say, what did you really want to say there? 
you know, or how, or when you were feeling that, did you notice any fear coming up? Let's explore that fear so that then we can practice again when you have less fear because we've explored it and we've, we've embraced the fear rather than fighting it. So these are all the kinds of things that a life coach does. We go deep into, you know, feelings, fear, emotions, but we do it in a conversation role play scenario. So life coaching and therapy, counseling, therapy, psychology, life coaching, can you differentiate them? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's pretty straightforward. Okay. So any of the therapeutic modalities, psychotherapy, counselor, social worker, counselor, I mean, these folks are basically helping people to identify and solve problems. That's what it is. It's like, hey, I've got this problem. Can you help me solve it? Can you give me some ideas or whatever? So it's about solving problems. That's the nature of it. It's their therapy is solving a problem. Okay. Coaching is not about problems. Coaching is not an intervention for problems. Coaching is about playing better. Like you don't go to a tennis coach because you have a tennis problem. You go to a tennis coach because you have a vision, a desire of playing tennis better. Right. So coaching is about playing. That's the difference. Therape- all those therapeutic models, they're great. They're about problems. Coaching is about play, which isn't to say that when someone is playing, they don't encounter problems. Of course they do, but it's not about the problems. It's always about play. How, what do you want to create? What do you want to share? What do you want to explore? What's an experiment you can try? So it's all this playful playful things like that's what coaching is about from a neuroscience point of view we do know now that when you talk about a past trauma with emotion you actually light up the brain and and rewire it and strengthen it because the more a neuron fires the stronger it wires and that's why coaching fits so well in a wellness and recovery program because we're talking about here we are today trauma and and bad things happen to all of us it's acceptance of that what can we learn from it and moving forward and so what's your thoughts on on the value of coaching in the world whether that's somebody struggling with with depression anxiety or substance use sure sure you've had experience there what's your thoughts it's big it's really really big i mean look okay so if we take a step back coaching is about playing life better and to help someone play life better you're going to help them experiment with new ways of being. I, I, I call it the three Bs. It's becoming, believing, and belonging. That's what coaching is about. Those are the three Bs of human transformation. So you're going to guide someone to become the next best version of themselves, to tap into some quality within them that's being, been dormant so they can express it. They're going to need to up-level their beliefs. Everything a human being believes, everything that any human being believes, they came to believe it in the environments they have been in. Human brains don't come with beliefs. All beliefs come from the environment, from how we how we respond to the environment and how the environment families, responds to teaching, us. Yeah, families, schools, communities, yeah. jobs. So we, we develop our beliefs as an interface between us, what we're trying to express, and 
our inherent need to belong. We need, humans are wired to belong. We're wired to belong to the people that we are around. And we develop beliefs as an interface between who we want to become and who we need to be to belong in a situation. So what happens is the human survival instinct is going to hold on to those beliefs to try to maintain whatever belonging that they have. But oftentimes, where a human being is found, finds themselves, they're maintaining belonging in a situation that is not that is not um, a good fit for their dreams. Like they may have a dream of wanting to become more, wanting to express something different. So what that means is in order to become more than you currently are or a better version of yourself, you are going to need to change your environment. You're going to need to change the people or at least the conversations with the people. But often you need to spend hang around with different people and you're going to need to really question and challenge your beliefs about what you can do what is possible what's healthy what's not healthy and so this is the big thing so in a in a recovery situation i love what what you folks do is because you help the person come out of their environment come into a new environment where they have different people around them, different conversations where they can up-level their beliefs, especially about who they are and what they're, what they're capable of. And by up-leveling their beliefs in this new environment of belonging, they can then become a new version of themselves. And I believe that's what coaching is. As a coach, you become that new environment for the person where they can start to express new ideas, experiment with new qualities that they want to be, and create that safe space of practice. And this is the thing that's that's strange because you know, there used to always be this saying like, oh, there's no practice life. It's the real thing. That's not true. You can practice life. That's what coaching is. You practice life. You can practice conversations. You can practice sharing things you want to share. You can practice expressing parts of you that have been suppressed in the past. And by practicing in a safe space, you gain the confidence to then do it quote unquote, in the rest of the world. And that's what that's what coaching is. It's practicing life so that the person can then play life in the world at a new level. I've found it um, so rewarding to help people to observe people and then share with people some uh, some new ways of looking at something or relationships or even their belief pattern yeah and uh, and allowing them then to step back and process that but but one of the things we learned we've been doing this for 10 years and one of the things we learned right away was wait a minute okay we're doing all this work with our client and then there's the family mm -hmm. and you've already talked about it the belief pattern and and we realized very quickly if they go back to that uh oh, we have a problem. So we also engage families and parents and spouses um, and significant others in coaching as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It's the only way. That's my thought. It's the only way it's going to work. <laughs> it, the, you know, the, the human survival instinct of belonging is the most powerful force in humanity. And so, in all of us as humans. So we have to embrace this truth. 
This is what my mentor, Thomas Leonard, who I mentioned earlier, this is one of the big truths he talked about. The environment always wins. So if when some when a human being comes into the environment with you or in the environment of a coach, that environment can uplift them. They can start to create new beliefs. They can start to create a new version of themselves and belong in that new environment. If they go back to the environment that they were in, they will readapt to that environment. They'll go back to the beliefs. They'll go back to the patterns that they felt they needed to have to belong in that environment. That's just what happens. So this, this doesn't mean you have to get rid of all the people, but you do have to change the conversations you're having with those people on both sides. So that's why the role play is so important. It's like, hey, when you go back home, you're going to have to share with the people, hey, this is a new version of me. You're going to have to adapt to this new version of me, or I'm going to have to ask you, please don't talk to me about this or that, or I'm going to ask you, please look at me in this new way or interact with me in a different way. There's going to have to be some new up-leveled relating in order for the person to maintain any transformation that happened. And so yeah, that's, we, we that's talk the key. We talk about being courageous. Yeah. Um, when when people are th- uh, working on their transition home, to be courageous in evaluating everything, not just people, and but their environment, their physical environment, your mimetic environment, which is your belief pattern about it, what I yeah, tell right, myself right, right, right. to be true or not, um, and to be courageous in that and to create an environment that supports not what you where you were, but what you want. Correct. And it's it's critical to create that environment, whether that's the human environment or whether it's your physical environment Correct. or whether it's your clothes, your music. All of it. The other thing, Dave, I think is really important is that, you know, mo- most people, most families, parents, siblings, neighbors, they don't they don't consciously think, oh, I want this person to be suppressed. You know, it's not conscious that people are suppressing each other's unique qualities, but it's not. So where does that come from? It's coming at a non-conscious level. It's like we we all are the function of the environments that we grew up in and we've grown in. So we have beliefs and thoughts about how life is or how people are supposed to be that that may be keeping a person's unique qualities suppressed and it's not a conscious thing. So it takes, everyone has to transform and say, huh, I wonder why I believe that. I wonder why I think that this person has this limitation or that limitation. I wonder if I can think in a bigger way. So everyone has to get on board. It's not just the person who's having the problem. It's everyone has to get on board and really start to wonder, I wonder if I could believe something new. I wonder if I can raise my expectations of what's possible. And it's, it's, it's not easy, but it's very worthwhile. I'll give you a little example. Okay. So this is a little bit of a funny example. Go for it. So bring, bring it on. I, I play on a soccer team. Okay. Over 50. And one of my teammates, great guy. I love him. He's a teacher in high school. Okay. So we're talking the other day and he goes, oh, geez, I got a kid in my class and 
<laughs> his parents sent me a note this morning. Oh, Jimmy can't do his assignment that's due on Monday because he's tired. You know, he played in a football game, right? He's tired. So can he have some more time? So my teacher friend is like, I have no choice because if we try to uphold the rules, then we're not being student friendly and student centered, right? <laughs> so I thought, what's going on? The world's going down the tubes, right? Kids can't, aren't, aren't being held accountable, blah, blah, blah. But that's my training, right? That was my training from school. But you know what? Maybe the kid's right. Maybe the assignment is not the most important thing in his life. Maybe the school system is really not rigged for student success. It's like maybe these assignments are not really purposeful. And you see young people really rejecting a lot of the school system. And we're like, oh, these kids, they need to get on board. You know what? Maybe they don't. Maybe the school system is not set up for kids to be successful by doing dumbass assignments and taking tests. And, you know, he said, oh, if the kids don't feel like taking a test, they can say they have test anxiety and then go to the Oasis room where they can just relax instead. So I'm thinking, oh, these kids, they're a bunch of softies. But on the other hand, taking tests in school is dumb. There's nothing that is proven by answering dumbass questions on a test. That's not life. So it's like a strange thing. We have to open up and say, you know what? Maybe the kids are right. Maybe this system isn't good. Maybe they're rejecting it with due cause. Maybe they don't need to be brought up like we were. So that's just an example of like, hey, we need to be willing to question norms and the way things have been held to be because the way things were held to be has led us to a world where most people are over-anxious, depressed, suppressed, not loving life, trapped in isolation. So it's not working. So let's challenge everything, right? So this is, you know, the whole idea of sitting by yourself answering a test. That's stupid. Life is not about sitting by yourself in isolation. Life is about playing together. Why don't we let the kids in a group of five do the test together? That would actually train them for life in the world where we have to collaborate, as an example. Well, I know you, that was you, a wild you could, rant. You could but... get me started as a 30-year in the world of education. Uh, certainly, the world of education would benefit from, um, I, I would say, uh, upgrading where it's coming from and how we teach and what we teach versus uh, memory stuff. But that's a, you and I could have another two hour podcast but on that. The point so is if people are in a family dynamic that is holding like traditional values, those values may be suppressing their uniqueness and that's what's causing them the anxiety. I believe human beings that are anxious, which is most is because they're actually putting effort into suppressing their unique power and that is what is what is causing them the anxiety, which leads to a whole host of troubles. So I think as a humanity, we need to reassess how we think about our lives, our humanness, and be open to people expressing more unique qualities and abilities. What, what you've just said reminded me of Abraham Maslow in The Hierarchy of Needs. And he talks about what one can be, one must be. And so if, if my ability is to create wealth and yet I've come from a family that's programmed me of a place of 
I would say, of less than. Sure. So now I've got to reprogram that. Uh, otherwise, if I if I don't become what I can be, that miss and that gap creates it will lead to sickness. Yeah, creates a lot of things. So yeah, uh, listen. Um, maybe this is a softball question, but I, I, I want to ask it. <laughs> I know I've been on some wild rants here. Hopefully, your audience is. I if I offended everyone, if you're a teacher, it's not you. It's the system. All right. Trust me. No, but if, if people are, I would encourage everybody and we teach us to have a growth mindset, to open our mindset, to listen and hear new things and take concepts from it. But from a coaching point of view, it's out there in the world, Dave, but who, who can benefit from getting a professional coach? Well, it is a softball question because in some ways I would say everyone, but it's actually not true. It's not everyone. You, If you have a dream of doing something beyond what you're doing now, then you must have a life coach. But if you're perfectly satisfied and you just want to keep doing what you're doing right now and doing it the way you're doing it right now, which a lot of people were programmed to get to a level and stick there. And if you're there and you're, you have no desires to up-level anything, then you don't want a coach. That will just agitate your mind. But if you have a dream of expressing something, creating something, pursuing something that you're not doing right now, then you must have a coach because you're not going to be able to break through all of the fears, all of the doubts that you're going to encounter alone. Again, I'll just go back to my fundamental. We are not here to work alone. We are here to play together. And that's what a coach is, play together, play better. I, I love your answer, but but it's also for people uh, who don't know specifically what it is that they want, but just know they crave something, something. else. Yeah. yeah. If you want something more than what you have, if you want to, then yeah, have a life coach. They can actually, the first step is to help you start to clarify and experiment with what that more might be for you. One of the other concepts we teach is uh, uh, something from Carolyn Mace about woundology and being a victim. And if and I and I believe if you hear yourself complaining or you hear a family member blaming, complaining, and justifying, sure. you're in that victim mode. And a coach or 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 create or finding a professional coach can help you become empowered in your creator in your life. Yeah, it's and it, Dave, this is not easy stuff we're talking about. Okay, no, because it's, no. it's really not. Well, I mean, because it, when you think about Okay, everything you believe came from your environment. So if you think, dang, I have a real limiting belief about myself, so that means I need to blame my environment for my beliefs, right? Well, that, that mindset is not going to help you, right? So this is the thing that we, in coaching, which uh, Timothy Galway introduced called judgment-free awareness. This is what I teach my coaches all the time and my players. Whenever you notice anything, even if you say, oh, my belief that I have in my mind, which I learned in my environment, is not suitable for my dream, there's a conflict. You just say, oh, how interesting. That's so interesting that I have a belief one way that's in conflict with what I need for my dream. All right. I wonder how I can up level. And you just be curious and open. You don't blame the past for anything. You just stay open and curious to what's next. That's the that's the growth mindset. You don't blame the past. You can recognize, oh, I remember I got this belief 
from this situation when I was eight years old, but okay, now what's the belief I need now to pursue my dream? And you oh, just, in that's a, powerful. In a judgment free so way, you open up your mind and go forward. So a lot of families that I talk to put judgment to things. Yeah. You know, oh, they, if they would just do what I say they would do, they would be happy. They'd be good. Their behavior's good. Their behavior's bad. Right. And, and I believe uh, families that could take this judgment free awareness would really support each other in, in a more positive way. It's transformational judgment free awareness. It, it really is, but it's not easy to cultivate because, you know, this is again, part of the, you know, all of the upbringings, most religions are based on judgment. The school system is based on judgment, right answers, wrong answers. So when you're indoctrinated into a judging environment, which all of us have been, it takes some real practice to cultivate a judgment-free awareness towards life. But if you can do it, and having a coach really helps, coach will just help you notice, oh, I think there's a judgment coming through. Let's explore it. Let's be open. And maybe we can up-level to a new belief. If you just stay with if you can practice judgment-free awareness about your own life and the people around you, that really is the catalyst to the kind of transformation and playful life. Because you think about children at play, they're not judging. They're just playing, right? We're, don't bo- we're not born judges. We're born players. We were born to play. And then we learned isolation, perfection, judgment, we learned all that stuff. So it's really about unlearning and re- and returning to a playful state. It's powerful stuff. So there's a lot of people out there, Dave, you, we, we, I think we've talked about this before. There's a lot of people out there who say, I'm a coach. But there is a serious profession and sure. there is some education and learning. And, and right now, anybody can hang a shingle up and say they're a coach. And I know sure. they're very well intending. But uh, talk to me about people who might be interested in coaching for themselves or their family. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you, what do you recommend? No, I mean, I think it's a good point. Look, if I go to the soccer field in town and I see the coaches there with the kids, those coaches don't have any coaching training. Maybe they watched a video. They're doing the best they can. And it's great. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're seven year olds. It's, it's good. Right. So there's lots of amateur coaches with their shingle out, just like there's amateur soccer players and amateur hockey coaches and soccer coaches and voice coaches and all sorts of things. It's not, it's good. Everyone can have a coach for their level. And if you're ready to coach at a professional level and coach people with, with some real quality and mastery, then go for training, go for a rigorous coach training program. Coaching, takes a lot of practice just like anything else so i you know we have a coach training program at coachville it takes a it takes a little over a year to get the to get the certification it's a lot of hours it's a lot of practice but you'll be a true professional when you finish and that's so if you want to be a true professional get professional training that's all and and the people looking 
to benefit from that, I've always encouraged them to look for ICF. It's kind of the gold standard. I know sure. Coach Phil, Coach yeah. Phil uh, uh, leads people that way. The International Coaching Federation sure. and the certification. You're you're one of the founding members, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the founding member of the International Coach Federation in 1997. It, it, yeah, and now universities are getting their graduates to get certified by ICF. So I I just really encourage people who are asking. Yeah, for I mean, that. there's again, it's all about the level of it's like a level of integrity, a level of professionalism. It's, you know, it, it, that's, and I think that's, if you're, if you're ready to play big, then you want a coach that's really well trained. If you, if you're just like trying to make, you know, make a few little changes, then you have a coach who went to a weekend certification. That's, that might be good enough. But if you're serious about playing big, you go for a coach that's ready to coach you at a deep level. Yeah, I, I for me, I, you know, and you know this, I want people that are going to enrich my life. And, and sometimes it's taking me to a place that I'm very uncomfortable and those deep provocative questions. And I, and it's such an honor when I get to help our people with that and our sure. families. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's learning to listen and sense and feel and, 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 and observe and, and then mirror and provide feedback. It's a lot of stuff, right? It, it's, it's, it's a craft. It's a, and and it's, I, I love the non-judgment. It's it has to be judgment-free to be safe too. Yeah, and and that takes practice. You know, in our coach training program, we spend hours and hours and hours in small groups practicing together. We practice together all the time. We talk a little bit about some concepts and then we jump into practice. We role play. We coach each other. We practice the craft over and over again. We practice judgment-free awareness. We practice exploring intense moments where emotions are coming up. We practice this stuff over and over and over for hours and hours so that then when you're coaching a person that's hired you, you're ready to be great for them. And that's, and that's what we do. So coach Dave, I could talk for another hour, but we're going to start wrapping things up sure, here. Yeah. It's been fun, Dave. Oh, this is unbelievable. Amergo radio is all about helping people to rise above and, and you know, this Amergo is the Latin name to emerge and to help people rise above. And it's just providing some deep, rich content for people to, to consider and take and apply what, fits for them but we always do this at the end of every show what is it that you and i are going to commit to today to rise above in our lives so what are you going to commit to today to rise above yeah it's a great question and i'm you know really playing with some big things right now in my business in in growing coachville where i'm noticing my own fears of expressing myself you know like this session, I've been really cutting, you know, rip, letting it rip today. Like usually I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can be a little more reserved about some of my opinions, but I feel like the world needs my opinions. My opinions are important. And so I've been doing this for 23 years. I'm not some newbie out of the box. I've been doing this for 23 years and my opinions matter. So I'm just rising above my own fear of being judged. That's powerful. You are practicing judgment-free awareness on yourself. There you go. <laughs> that is not easy, man. I went to industrial school just like everybody else. 
for me, I, I've got a big project that I've been planning and strategically doing. And to rise above today, I'm gonna. I have. I have blocked away some time. It's gonna be sacred time, and I'm gonna crank it out and get it done. And I've just. And I have made a commitment this morning. I made this commitment that no matter where it is at the end of this block, two hour block, uh, it's going to be good enough. And not to worry about the perfectionism and everything's got to be perfect. So perfection trap can kill you, man. That's it, buddy. To rise above today is to get a big project. It means a lot to me and, and will help advance our message into the world. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of putting on the seatbelt and doing it and seeing what comes out at the end of two hours. And when I'm done, I am going to be done. Yeah, I mean, that's that's playing life. It's called create and share. Create and share. Don't create, 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 create in isolation. <laughs> create and share. That's life. Create, create erase, create delete (laughs) just remember you got to do the share part at the end that's That's where it it really matters dave thanks so much for having me on and i really appreciate you susan and everything you guys do it's awesome before we go though because coach phil is is a tremendous resource give us a 30 60 second summary about coachville yeah i mean at coachville it's really fundamentally coachville and really only at coachville do we create this profound, this environment of profound belonging for professional coaches and coach approach leaders where they can truly grow and practice the craft of coaching and also practice business mastery, all in the framework that we are here on this earth to play big for our dreams. At Coachville, we're the only coach training program essentially focused on play. And so that's what we do. This is my good friend and leader in the field of professional coaching, Coach Dave Buck of Coachville. Uh, And if you are ever looking for uh, somebody to help you advance your life, I got to recommend Dave himself. But go to Coachville. um, How do they get a hold of you, Dave? It's just coachville.com. It's all there. It's all right there. So it's been my pleasure for you to hang out with us today, learn more about coaching and and human performance and how to take another step in your life with you or a loved one. In my name and the host, I'm Dave Kenny with Emergo Radio. It's been an absolute honor to hang out with my friend, Coach Dave Buck, and thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. In gratitude, we thank you for joining us on Emergo Radio, a place where you rise above with your hosts, Dave Kenny and Susan Kenny. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and learn. Want more? You can reach us at emergoradio.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-O radio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.